0: Welcome to What's Stopping You Fostering Female Ambition? My name is Clyde Bellingham, and I am the Deputy President of the Institute of Chartered Accountants of Scotland. I'm fortunate to be your host today. In this webinar, we will reveal results of a research study into our profession conducted by Magenta on behalf of Chartered Accountants Worldwide Equality, Diversity, and Inclusion Task Force, made up of the member institute representatives. You'll be able to download the study summary report via the QR code on the screen or by heading over to the Chartered Accountants' worldwide website. Globally, Magenta surveyed 3,000 female and male participants and conducted over 60 hours of interviews so we could build a global picture to understand and map the career journeys of women and discover the challenges and opportunities they face. It's amazing to see how many people have joined us. We have over 1,200 attendees from 57 countries today, which is truly exceptional. And I must say that as a partner with PWC for 27 years, I personally have experienced the benefit of inclusive leadership. I believe that a diverse and inclusive team offers the best position to work and the greatest value in the marketplace. Our first speaker today is Dr. Sarah Jenkins, a director at Magenta, who carried out the global study. Sarah, over to you.
1: So I just want to say thank you very much for having me along today. Um, I want to say thank you for the opportunity to work on this amazing project as well and to the profession for being willing to kind of take a good look at what's going on and what you can do Uh, to support women moving from mid-career level into those senior positions. So what I'm going to share with you today is a real highlight. Uh, There's more available in the full report. I've only got 10 minutes, so I will fly through quite quickly um, and just bear with me. So just to give you a bit of a flavour as to what we did, we um, worked in seven markets. We spent 60 hours talking to mid-career level women, senior women, mid-career level men, and we did a global survey. So the results of which I'm going to share some of those, just the tip of the iceberg with you today. But I think it's fair to say, uh, starting from the top then, that throughout their career, women are significantly more likely to experience barriers to their career progression. If we look at this top 10 here, those we can see that management style of their line manager and company culture are really key factors that come in. Um, but there's also a belief that they have unequal access to opportunities. And by this, we're referring to those opportunities that they're given through their career progression as they grow and they learn. Those access to projects, working with different clients, working with things outside their comfort zone, learning different skills. They're not necessarily feeling like they're giving the same access to those opportunities as their male counterparts. In addition, there is a feeling of acceptance when it comes to kind of the behaviour and the culture that goes on um, amongst their kind of male colleagues. So as a woman, you have to put up with more stuff and be more tolerant than your male counterparts. So it's a combination of these multiples of factors, management style, company culture, behaviour of colleagues that combined really knocks the confidence out of women to progress into senior positions. So we can see there, there's a sort of a lack of confidence in their ability. Interestingly, conversely, by the time men reach their late career, they're significantly more likely to claim that they have not experienced any barriers in their career. So quite a different story when it comes to male uh, counterparts all the women that we spoke to were able to recount experiences when they felt they were treated differently due to their gender they all had experiences of microaggressions and whilst that, that happened whilst they were trying to establish their career and move through their career they got frustrated they got angry but their lack of confidence uh, they had a lack of confidence in being able to call those out in the moment and be confrontational um, because the kind of silent bystanders reinforcing the acceptance if nobody says anything in the room around you then really you know it's kind of an accepted behavior that somebody talks to you in that way or says that Um, and there's often nowhere to go for impartial advice or support when it when difficult situations arise so instead of being confrontational um, or getting into difficult procedures they prefer to sort of move into a new role or try and ignore those indiscretions and turn that motivation into motivation Um, and we know that 1810 mid-career women believe they still have a lot to offer the profession but that women feel like they need to work twice as hard as their male counterparts being a woman and being a parent is where most of the barriers lie. But yet, regardless, their, and regardless of their employment, women um, are still expected, even if they're earning more than their partner or even if they're working hard, what have you, women are still expected to be the primary carer for their children. They're the ones that are expected to juggle family life and their career. Um, yet uh, we know that they, their career is still, still really valued to them and they want it to be a valued part of their life and moving forward. They may still be trying to juggle multiple responsibilities at work and at home. They may need a bit of flexibility to enable them to do that, but they're no less ambitious. Seven in ten women with children under ten years believe that they can obtain a senior position. Um So despite all that's going on at home and despite being a parent there's still a desire for them to kind of really be valued and move forward with their progression. But we know that supportive line managers can have a really big impact. They can help to broaden the experiences that women have. They can help to manage the work-life culture. We know that company culture is really set by the senior leadership. So there may be equality policies that are in place, but are, what are the lived experiences are of those policies? They're often shaped by the attitudes and behaviours of those in more senior positions, which consequently influences the behaviour of other people below them. So if the, one, if the people at the senior level are not behaving in a way that is felt to be supportive, setting good, pra- setting good examples, then that doesn't filter through. But a supportive line manager can really help to help get through all of that and manage that. So managers who talk, listen and support women are really highly valued and often shape the type of leader that that woman then moves in to become. They either want to be like that person or if they've had a bad experience, definitely not be like that person and be something else. So. One lady here sort of spoke to us about he would, you know, her good experience with a line manager. He would bring me into meetings, get me involved. He'd pick out training courses that were relevant and encourage me to go on them. When he left the company, he suggested I moved into management and replaced them. So really it's about kind of setting that culture and understanding. You know, what does it mean on a daily basis? Having that relationship with your staff and your colleagues really can help make a difference. The other thing that we've learned as well is that the chartered accountancy profession really offers a lot more opportunity than women realize when they're in their kind of more junior levels. By the time they hit their mid and late career, they kind of understand that they can move into other areas of the industry, other levels of the profession that really could accommodate what they need or suit what they're looking for at that period of time. After the birth of my daughter, I moved into an industry role. I had a great boss who was really open. I was able to negotiate good terms for my role, including great flexibility. So knowing that those opportunities are available are re- is really important um, in sort of helping and encouraging mid-career level, level women find the right route through to their senior level. The other thing that we kind of wanted to highlight that can really make a big difference is in relation to networking, Networking currently is done often in environments at times in locations that really don't suit women Or necessarily that all women would feel comfortable. So it can take place in venues where women aren't necessarily able to participate. Um, we've got the Ghana golf course here, but we had kind of late night drinking venues or, you know, it it often involves alcohol. It can often involve late nights. It can often involve multiple late, late nights in a week. So whilst they may be able to get childcare cover for for one night or two nights, perhaps not every night. But in addition, it's worth remembering that parents want to spend time with their children. They don't want to be out networking every single night. So really, I suppose what we're challenging is whether or not networking needs to take place in these environments. And actually, it can be done differently. So just one example here, and we've got lots of others in the report, but One example from a lady we spoke to who's part of the Maori culture where it's absolutely expected that it's family inclusive. You take your children along with you. It's a family event. And you ask about how your family's doing. You ask about how you're doing. It might lead to a business conversation or it might not. You're catching up with people. If you leave an impression on someone, they will contact you later. So actually work is done differently. Um, You know, the kind of networking can be done differently uh, if you think about it. So we really wanted to kind of end on some of the tangible actions that you perhaps as an employer, as a colleague can do in order to support mid-career level women in moving into those senior positions. So think about supporting women as they learn. Think about diversity in your recruitment and making sure that there is diversity amongst your kind of entry-level junior teams. Allow flexibility for study time during the working day. Women have a lot of responsibilities outside of work. It is not always possible for them to do that studying or the amount of studying that's needed. So consider allowing some of that to happen during the day. Ensure equal opportunities are available for all. Ensure that People have access to working with different clients, different experiences, different locations, working with different teams so that they can all grow. At the moment, women are not feeling like they are getting the same experiences as their male counterparts. Foster a culture of support, looking out for each other, supporting each other, you know, and making sure that everybody's kind of getting those opportunities. Facilitate an inclusive culture. Embed good practice as standard practice. We don't want case studies, flagshipping, what's being done with one person. We want it to be the norm. Think about how you can facilitate wider opportunities for people to experience different roles. Work out what's right for them establish a discrimination education program for all you do not need to take women into a room and talk to them about what it's like to be a woman or how to deal with discrimination you need to talk to everybody about what discrimination looks like what is considered discrimination some people don't necessarily think that the way things are is discriminatory to certain groups so it's for everybody nurture confidence and self-promotion encourage people to put themselves forward to stand up to self-promote people need that kind of nurturing when they've been knocked down or they've got a lot going on support your your kind of colleagues as they're going through it support working parents and their needs If people have had time outside of work and they're coming back into work, there's a huge nervousness about being able to kind of run as fast as they did the first day that they get back into work. Set up networks of working parents, get a buddy system in place where you can, you know, you're both working parents coming back at the same time, be there for each other, or someone's been through it a month before, give some tips and tricks. What to wear on your first day? Does Microsoft Office still work? What's my login? These are things which are just really practical and basic that you can really help Uh, with encouraging women and getting them back into work in a way that doesn't knock their confidence immediately. Think about networking events as we've already spoken to and champion those senior leaders who share parenting responsibility. Let them be seen to be leaving uh, leaving work at five o'clock, et cetera. And finally, facilitate training and development. Think about other opportunities that mid-career level women might want to move into to help uh, manage that time in their career. So self-employment opportunities, enable coaching and mentoring, develop some industry ambassadors Think about subsidising training costs. It can be a highly um, costly time having children, moving back to work. There's one incumbent in the household. They can't always get the training that they need. Think about facilitating some job swap and shadow opportunities so that people can see other areas of the business and work out where's right for them. And I'm going to finish there. Uh, Hopefully that gave you some, some things to think about.